Hello, welcome to the Lal Dagash podcast. Today I'm here with a speaker from Jordan who spoke at the Secular Conference in London in July of this year, 2017. And although I saw a lot of the conference that was transmitted live, it was not that interesting for me personally, but the one person who stood out, who gave just a 10-minute speech that on Islam who is Jordanian and an ex-Muslim, I found to be very interesting, very moving, and very impressive, and probably one of the best speeches on Islam that I've seen in the last few years. So I'm very happy to have him on my podcast to learn more about him, since he is relatively unknown to us. And uh, thank you for being on, Mohammed Al-Qadra. Thank you, thank you. And finally, someone who can pronounce my name correctly. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, al Yas as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy about that. Tell me, I like to start usually with my guests about their background. So okay. could you tell us some more about uh, where you're from, how you were brought up, maybe your religious background, especially since uh, that's the subject we're going to be touching on? Okay, I, I was born in Georgia in the States, but we moved to Jordan when I was like one year old or two. Uh, they, they call them the states the anchor baby because my, my father and my mother are both Jordanians so they moved back to Jordan uh, I'm currently living in, in Amman the capital as well uh, I have been an atheist for five years now and before that I was swinging on and off between being a moderate Muslim and uh somehow a fundamentalist or an ex a bit extremist uh but i i didn't i then was looking to with, with the idea of uh, how do you say it of believing in uh, of how how could you preach islam to people without you being a true muslim because for me at that point of my life i was we are all brought up into religion I should be like backing myself off and learning about it and then coming back in because I'll be stronger that way. Before I ask you to explain that, could, can you tell me uh, were your parents more moderate or more towards uh, orthodox? No, no they, they were moderate, but uh, as in all religions, when you get older, you get a bit more religious every year because you feel like the end is coming and now you have to, to wash away all the sins that you did. So pe older people are, tend to be more and more religious. So every year, my mom gets a bit more religious. My father passed away a few years ago. He he was, he was had the same thing. In the last years, he was like praying every day, but he wasn't a fundamentalist or anything. It was the, the moderate Muslim who just thinks that it is okay to, to do some terrorism. But uh, this is all the uh, the moderate level for me. And it was it Sunni Islam you were brought up in? Yes, that's the majority Muslim sect of Jordan. Of, of Jordan, yes, yeah. yeah, the majority of Jordan. They only have the Sunnis and the the Christians, 
they have Baha'is and uh, other forms of religion, but there are only two courts, one for the Christians and one for the Sunni Muslims. So if you are a citizen of Jordan, you have to put in your ID one of them. So the Baha'is have to put themselves as Muslims because they won't have any civil rights if they choose to, to have none. And that's what happens to, to, to atheists in Jordan. If you, if you get filed a lawsuit here, and anyone can file that lawsuit from the community, if they file a lawsuit against you and uh, that you're not a Muslim anymore and they, they have evidence, you lose your civil rights. You can't go to the Sharia court. So you cannot marry, and if you're married, you get divorced, and if you, if someone dies, you can't inherit. You have no civil rights or anything or any civil court that will defend you. If you're an atheist, if you have no religion, yeah. If you, if you if you if your ID card doesn't show that you're a Muslim, ah, okay, and show that you're a Christian. So if you, it shows that you're a Muslim and you're not. Someone can file a lawsuit against you that this guy is no longer a Muslim and this is my evidence. And if they prove it, they take that away from you. So you can't go to any civil court. You have no civil rights. I see. But so it would be but it would be better to start with the fact you were a Christian than you do have civil rights or another religion. If you ha if you are a Christian, you can have civil rights. But, but if you are of any other religion, you will have to pick one of these two. So. Uh, were you interested in religion as a child, or did this come later? Not not that much, but when I was in college, I was interested in sects and studying the the Shiites and the Sunnis and other sects. To, to, to know, to like, I had this idea like, how, how do you know what you know? And the only reason I came up with is that I will ha I have been brought up in this way. So I was no this I, I have to pick something else I have to, to do a certain move with this so I can say okay how do I know that the Sunni faith is the correct one because I studied all the others and though all the others are bullshit and the Sunnis are the true faith so this is the spark that got me into studying sex and from sex it's religions and from religion it's atheism and then yeah this is the correct one and, I'm not, and I have to go back now to Islam I had my own theory that if I go now and study Islam back again but this time I will not give it any glorifying like the Quran is magical or anything I will find flaws that I didn't see in the first place and I did find that and then it was the end for me you also said in your speech in London that you used to be a Salafi, which means that you model your life after the I Prophet. Would, Did you do that? Yeah, I was become I was becoming a Salafi because in the Sunni faith itself, Salafism Salafis find themselves that they are the true Sunnis. So it's not like they are a different branch. So they, uh, uh, I was a Sunni and I was learning more about Ibn Taymiyyah and about the, their own sheikhs and <clears throat> it was a correct one for me because they don't try to dance around meanings and they don't try to bring in something new because in the same religion itself it says that this is the way and this is, this is going, going to be the way for, for the end of times. So th there shouldn't be any new or uh, reinterpreting or apologetic movement or anything. 
And you have you actually have to fight those who try to change the faith and try to change the laws of the Sharia. So this was for me the most correct path to go. But I, I was thinking that maybe I become a, like fighting for the caliphate or maybe I can become a preacher, like go to Europe and preach and try to get people into Islam. In both ways, I had to be pretty sure about the sect itself. This was the beginning of learning more and more about other sects and other faith. Can you tell me about the mentality you have when you were maybe at like the peak of being a Muslim who was aspiring to be a Salafi? What, what in retrospect do you think were egregious kind of mentality that you had, maybe towards homosexuality, towards women, towards terrorism? To look inside the mindset itself, let's take each subject. I, I will try to be to, to say the things that I think I can share at that moment with any other extremist. Mm-hmm. Regarding women, we believe, like I believed, that women are influenced by the West to be sluts and to have no morals, and that Islam is protecting them by covering them and by them staying at home. That a working woman is a threat to the economy because the man does not have the the job opportunities he had. Now it's 50-50 because the women in Jordan, in, in the majority of Arab countries, they don't help with the salary. So the, her salary is hard for her and the man has to pay her as well and pay for the house as well. So uh, as well as finding women that who are like wearing skirts or wearing cuts that they, they're asking to be not raped. But they're asking to 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 have guys all over them. This is the this is the idea I had about women, about homosexuals. I was extremely against homosexuals. I I sometimes get mad at myself because one day at college there was these two gays walking around and I I, I kind of made fun of them because mm-hmm. it was sick for me and I believe that these people should be put to death as well. Regarding terrorism, I believe that Al-Qaeda uh, do, are doing what's the right thing to do, but I had an issue with them because because you have to be more organized. You have to, to start like controlling more states than going after and killing people in Europe and in the States, but I had no problem with that. I had no problem with people dying. I had the look like... Like when 9-11 came in, I was, I was pretty like ninth grade or ninth grade, I don't know. But I, I just looked there and you see America as the enemy and uh, supporting Israel. And you see the buildings like popping up and you look and, and you smile. Like you feel that, like the devil is, has been <coughs> struck. So you, you have that greatness back in you, the greatness that they teach us from when we are young, that you can only be great if the caliphate is back. Arab people will not be like first world countries unless they follow Islam strictly, Islam. So these are my ideas. Do you think it's a, it's a common misconception of people in the West when they see certain statistics about how 
Muslims in the Arab world oppose suicide bombings, oppose Al-Qaeda, oppose uh, ISIS, people think, ah, see, therefore the majority of Muslims oppose extremism or fundamentalist Islam, but you, similar to your mentality that you had that, yes, you didn't agree with their methods, but that doesn't make you moderate necessarily. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in the polls. I believe that Muslims themselves are in, in self denial. Like when when the attack, the previous attacks in Barcelona came like a week or two ago. People were commenting like, "Okay, now you're mad, but when we have Muslims dying in in a certain country, you're not." See, this is not the mentality of someone who is extremely upset that the image of their religion is being shattered by this suicide bomber. If they believe insulted by the bombs and by the butchering of people, you would not have to do polls to see if they agree or not. You will see people in the street shouting and screaming against terrorism because their own faith is being attacked. Because the image of this peaceful religion is being attacked, so people will be more and more angry. You'll see protests everywhere after a certain terrorist attack. And do you see that in any Muslim-majority country? And do you see that from even minorities in, in European countries or in the West? No, you don't. Because they don't believe that this is even important to them. I think that's uh, that's an important point that you do see Muslims going out in the streets in mass for certain subjects, whether it's in Europe or it's in uh, the Middle East, when it's, for example, a cartoon that's drawn in Denmark or it's uh, a, a, a short film on YouTube about the, the prophet that mocks him that sparked protests all over the Middle East. So they are capable of going out in mass protests. But it's not to condemn th this this extreme Islam. That's not really in the news or from visible from what I from what I can see. But even yourself be, being in Jordan or in other Arab country, you don't see it as well. Yeah, because they sell they sell this this notion that they are so sensitive about their faith and they have these soft hearts that even a cartoon will break it. If you have that soft heart and if you have that peaceful faith, terrorism will be the most insulting thing that could ever happen to this faith of yours that is so magically peaceful and it's not. I, I kind of wanted to ask you about Jordan itself because it's one of those countries that are, are less in the news and people know less about compared to maybe Iran or uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, so one of the ways that people try to get some idea of the mentality of Muslims in the Middle East is through uh, Pew Research polls. And mm -hmm. there's a Pew Research poll from 2013 that has many Muslim majority countries in it and very disturbing statistics. And I, I want to take advantage of the fact that I have you here to see if you think these numbers kind of match the general atmosphere you've seen. So, for example, and these are I extracted only the numbers from Jordan. So, mm -hmm. for example, it says Muslims who favor Sharia as the law of the country is 71 percent. People who, mm -hmm. who support stoning as punishment for adultery is 67 percent. 
people who think yes. homosexuality is a moral behavior, 96%. And this is probably one of the more significant ones that we'll talk about is people who believe in the death penalty for leaving Islam, therefore an ex-Muslim or an apostate, 82%. Yes. So those are really high numbers for very disturbing things such as stoning for adultery, believing homosexuality is is immoral, believing in, in Sharia, death for for apostasy and they're well close to super majorities when people when people share these numbers online is it accurate or inaccurate in your point of view no it is accurate and it it shows one thing that we, we get this answers that this guy who who did this this thing to, to homosexuals or he did they killed an ex-muslim or something that no he does not represent islam does 80 percent of a certain country represent islam or not because if you answer no then who does and when they say that it's only in fundamentalists it's only in extremists if it is only an extremist how can you have these numbers how can you have a majority, like a country that has 7 million people believing in this, and it's a moderate country? What, do, what, what will happen if we do this pool in Saudi Arabia or in Iran? Will the, um, will the numbers go down? It will not. So when the person who says that the, 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 the killing and the, the stoning and this barbaric views and laws of the Sharia are not part of Islam, well, you have countries and millions believing in it. And if you think it is not part of it, it's your own opinion. But you can't claim that this is the opinion of the majority because, as you have just said, the majority make to differ. And when I mention numbers, for example, death penalty for apostasy or, or that, uh, about Sharia, um, a lot of people will say, well, maybe they say that, but there could be, not necessarily they're going to act on it. But you mentioned in your speech in London about the case of uh, Nahir Khatar, who uh, and could you talk about him and, and what happened to him? Because I think that's a very telling example of the majority think and what can happen to a person uh, for insulting the religion, supposedly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make just one point. Yes, you get that a lot. You get that, okay, this is their opinion, they, they won't act on it. Well, people in Europe used to really, 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 and till now, hate on Jews. Mm -hmm. It took one person to organize these guys in a certain country, and look what happened. So if we can't just say that it's okay, it's his opinion, He's not going to act on it because it takes just one guy to act on it and you'll have one death. So you can't just say like, okay, it's, just leave it there. Let's just be peaceful to each other and let's just smile at each other and will not offend their religion because it's just an opinion. Well, some opinions bring in more actions. And uh, regarding Nahid, uh, he was... Uh, he was an atheist from a Christian background. He published a cartoon, and he was just talking about the god of ISIS, like uh, the, the, the way that the ISIS see God or that extremists see God. 
they see him as someone who will just open this whorehouse for them in heaven with the virgins and the wine and everything. And uh, there was this uh, jihadist who was just talking to God and showed the image of a smiling uh, God to him. And he was just talking about those extremists. Let's just link this view with the 80 or the 70% that you just mentioned. This is, sometimes I think about this, that maybe we don't even have moderate Muslims. We just have people who have the opinion and, and they're not acting on it. Maybe we have really 80% of a country that is more biased to ISIS when it comes to Sharia. So anyway, uh, after he published the cartoon, there was a lot of comments on social media and people were calling for him to be in jail and for the government to get him, and they did, for hurting the sensitivity of the, I didn't know the phrase, hurting the sensitive feeling of a religion. Anyway, uh, they got him, and once he was getting out of court, there was an imam, uh, from the eastern part of the city he just walked in and he shot him on the steps while he was leaving the courthouse uh, does he represent Islam well maybe he does does he not well I think every day we prove that wrong by by what we see in the media and what we see in the news and after uh, just I just want to mm -hmm. say that after his death People were so angry of those who are sad for his death or that for those who are condemning the murder. Everybody was saying that Nahid brought it on himself. If he did not want to be harmed, he shouldn't have published the cartoon. So the problem was with the cartoon, not with the mentality of people believing that I should kill someone for insulting or hurting the religious feeling. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about the treatment of women in Jordan. Last kind of thing I want to ask you maybe in general about uh, Jordan uh, as a country. Uh, people have a certain perception based on, you know, seeing Queen Rania uh, on TV and she looks very elegant, very Western, uh, speaks very well. But uh, again, referring to Pew Research, and again, you can you could tell if tell me if these numbers seem off to you. Uh, for example, it says the uh, the percentage of people who believe that a wife should obey their husband is 80%. The, the amount of people who believe that a woman should be able to decide if she can veil is only 45%. The amount of people who think that women should be have the right to divorce their husbands, only 22%. The amount of people who believe that sons and daughters should have equal inheritance is only 25%. So these are very disturbing numbers as far as like the 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 rights of women and equality for them in the country. Do you see as much in uh, in Jordan yourself? Yeah. Yes, it, it does. Maybe if the image of the the mod the the modern woman or the the one who has all these rights, you can see that in a small part of the capital. In other cities that you don't get to see that and in the eastern side of the city as well you don't see that as well 
the women rights like uh, let's talk about something that i had in, in in my own life uh there was this girl she was a lesbian and uh, her family were beating her for for being one so we ca- we wanted to get her and the, to get her back to the authorities so we got the girl and she was filled with bruises all over her face, her shoulder, and we went to the authorities. And we, the the first thing that they told her, like you have a hijab on your ID card, but yet you come here without a hijab. Could you please get a hijab for this girl? This is the first comment. Afterwards, uh, they called her parents. And they came and they got her back to the house. And they signed a paper that they will not hurt her anymore. And then they went back home. And they took her away. Actually, the, the friend who, who introduced me to the girl and who told me about her, they made her sign a paper that she will never reinitiate contact with, the, with this girl as well. So regarding human rights, you don't have any. You don't get to call a human. In your own house or in the, your household, but you get some rights in the government or in the country. It's the the most uh, the, the the worst part in Jordan is the society and it's the family. It's not the government. The government is a bit secular, but the problem is the the mentality of the people there, as your as your statistics say. So it's not that the laws are against women. They're Somehow are, but they're not as bad as Saudi Arabia. A woman can drive in Jordan, at least. But in the family itself, you get the honor killing. You get no rights. A small brother can can give orders to a young to a, to his older sister because he's male. Uh, of course, you won't get the same inheritance because. Because the Sharia, they have their own uh, laws in the Sharia court. Uh, It's very difficult to be a woman in an Islamic country. But some families are now more and more open-minded about it. And I hope I see a, a brighter future for women in the country, hopefully. So all these aspects about the country so that it's not really as progressive as the general image you would get um, from watching the news and maybe watching the royalty, the, ha- the Hashemite uh, family. Um, I want to ask you as a person who is familiar pretty much with the West and the East and a person who was very was very into belief in Islam himself and investigated a lot on the religion there's been this general two-way street of belief since 9-11 that was spearheaded, you could say, almost by people like Chomsky and then people like Christopher Hitchens who either said the fundamentalist Islam that was responsible for 9-11 and the general social problems of the Middle East, pretty much encompassing everything with Muslims and Islam. One is either completely about politics, colonialism, American intervention, poverty, anything but the religion. And then there are people who say, no, it's either mostly the religion or primarily the religion. 
which which uh kind of street do, do you believe is is leans more towards the truth it's obviously the the religion itself because there has been like if you, if you say the american intervention well america did not just intervene in the muslim countries do you get vietnamese terrorists doing attacks in america for the things that they did in the in the war and do we have Korean terrorists who just bombed themselves in New York? Uh, yes, there has been a lot of issues and poverty and all other things, but this is not strictly for uh, the Arab world or for the Muslim world. This is going on in a lot of different places, and it's going on for a very long time, even longer than the one experienced by the Muslims. So why do we get only this response from this certain people who only have one thing in common, whether they are rich or poor, whether they have been uh, affected by the states or the West or not, they only have just one idea in common, and that is the caliphate and bringing Islam to control Europe and to control the, the planet as a whole and to have that ummah back again why do we have that only one thing in common because that is the most important thing and that is the thing that is calling for it and that is the thing that is making good people do the most horrible thing because they think that they're doing good they're not actually murderers or thieves but when you have this ideology from the moment that you're born you will think that you're doing the uh, when when you when you have the sentence that you're doing what what's God's will. Nothing is immoral in that, and when you lose your moral compass, everything is okay. So this is the only thing they have in common. And the, if the, if if poverty is is the cause, you'll see everybody in Palestine bombing themselves. Do we see that? No. Because it's just the people who have been indoctrinated with the dogma itself. These are the one acting on it. Yeah, I mean, a great example, I think, if you wanted to have a, an, ex, an, an experimental difference between a country that has experienced colonialism, American intervention, poverty, uh, divisive politics, you could just look to all of Latin America, even the country I'm in right now, Chile, yes. has uh, had a coup because of American interventionism and, you know, uh, a dictatorship, people died as poverty. You don't have people blowing themselves up. You don't have people hijacking planes. You don't have the same kind of re religious uh, fundamentalism in this country. To some level you do, but the the distinction in the problems of Chile between a Middle Eastern country is due to the theology at hand. And even the problems we do have is because of the theology of Catholicism, which is uh, uh, animosity towards homosexuals, antagonism towards uh, family planning and abortion, etc. Those are based in religion, just another religion. Um, yeah. So what I, this is a, maybe a minor point. I don't like to get too caught up in language, but this is becoming... I, I notice uh, it is a to me a problem that when people say that the problem is Islamism, not Islam, the problem are Islamists, not Muslims, 
I'm not against making distinction between a fundamentalist or a person who's a political activist. However, when people now uh, point to any story I noticed of a Muslim acting badly, they change their language to Islamist. Anytime there's kind of a negative, illiberal form of Islam practice, they say it's Islamism. So this is kind of a cop-out word now where, for example, even that the the girl who went to the police and the police said, uh, put on your hijab. I noticed if people were talking about that story in the West, they would refer to those guys as Islamists. Are they Islamists? Are they, what, what are they? Are they fundamentalists? Are, are they anything but Muslim? Do, do you, uh, am I wrong? Or do you think this actually, the, these words are useful, such as Islamism and Islamist? No, I, I, I agree with you. There are two parts or two groups regarding this subject. The first group is the one who are deceiving people and who are deceiving themselves as well and try to, to call it anything but Islam and try to say that it is poverty, as you said, or to say that these are all the Islamists or, or this is uh, some, in some subject, this is Islamophobia if you criticize Islam. So the, 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 these are deceitful. And the, the other group is the ones who are trying to be too nice. Like, oh my God, I can't say that someone with a certain faith have this horrible ideas. So I would just say that it's a part of them. I can't say that it's all of them. Yeah, we can't say it's all of them. But let's face it, the man who bound himself, he is a Muslim. We don't have to wait for someone who does charity or who does a good deed to say, oh, look at that, that's a Muslim. But if somebody bombs himself, oh, that's a terrorist or an Islamist. Islam itself is political. In the first few years of the religion, it, was, it wasn't that into states. But afterwards, even in his lifetime, Muhammad, it was a state. And it was... Uh, the idea of having a state of God, to say that. So it is political. It has all these laws and all those uh, fatwas. And it's all about countries and laws and how the society should live. It is an ideology. It is not just a simple faith of prayer and your own personal relationship with God. So every Muslim for me is an Islamist. Some are active and some are not active. I don't see every Muslim as a terrorist, but I see every Muslim as a possible terrorist one point in his life. Do you mean, do you mean in that sense that uh, every Muslim is an Islamist in the sense that every Muslim, because they believe in Islam, they're believing in a political ideology, but that doesn't mean they're actively yeah. political. They're not activists necessarily. Yeah. yeah, there are Muslim seculars. There are Muslim seculars, and we have that in Jordan, but... There are not that many, and when you have Islam in your background, you have the problem of one day you'll just decide that, okay, secularism is not for me, I'm just going back into fundamentalism. This is the, the ticking bomb that I am very scared about, because at one day you can just flip and just say, okay, I've been wrong, I'll just go follow Sharia as well. Every, every, if we put an example, like a country will have secular law and a country who will have Sharia law, what would the majority of Muslims go for if we say that most Muslims are not Islamists? What will they vote for? Will they vote for the secular country? They will not. 
So we can't say that, no, Islamism is just a small part or small numbers or just people who are trying to get Islam into politics. No, everybody would love to have Islam in politics. There are just people who are acting on it and people who are just waiting to vote on it. That's a really good point, actually, because if if an individual who is not like, quote unquote, an activist, let's say a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, if they're in Egypt, but if they vote for the person who wants Sharia, that vote is an act of, quote unquote, Islamism. It is an act of of wanting political Islam. When the Arab Spring came in and people wanted to have democracy, who were the winners in Tunis and Egypt? It was the Islamists. Why? Because everybody is an Islamist. They just don't act on it. Yeah, I think I think a good comparison to that as a person who lives in Latin America where there is still communists and there is a communist party is that it's ridiculous to, to make another word for communists who believe in, in a political communism or economic communism. It is an economic system. They do believe in it. Not every communist I know is an activist going out there, passing flyers or getting into politics. Some of them just stay at home and just believe it in their heads. But they all do. But every communist does is believing in in that economic system. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I don't think we need another word for a a communist ist or communism, communism, right? Yeah, it's just. It's just for the goals of those those two groups I told you about. The group that is trying to be too nice and the other group who are trying just to dance around meanings just to get Islam out of everything that is bad. Yeah, that that's the danger I see of it. Anytime something, any action that has become bad, it doesn't even matter if it was an act of political Islam or not. They Oh, bad, bad Muslim means Islamist. Oh, bad Islam means Islamism. I think that's creating a disconnection from the religion that is actually not helping. And it's very similar to what happens when people constantly say online on repeat, the problem isn't Islam, it's Islamism. The problem isn't Islam, it's Salafism. The problem isn't Islam, it's Wahhabism. This doesn't help. There's a lot more than Salafism. There's a lot more than Wahhabism. A lot of the problems are rooted just in a, in, in a person who believes in, in, in the religion. So- Selling out these ideas and selling and selling out the, the term Islamophobia and selling out all those answers, they just aim for this one idea that they w- they want to reach a point where nobody, and I mean it, nobody can ever criticize or can ever talk about the the, the ideology itself. That you can't mock on Muhammad or mock on uh, what he did in in the one 1,400 years ago and you can't mock on the Quran because this is not everything that you'll say is bad it's not even Islam and if you say it you'll get punished for it so on, on when you accomplish the punishment and when you accomplish that the idea that this is not Islam this is the point where there will be no criticism, and once you have no criticism, you'll have you'll have people giving up their own rights and giving up their own freedom just to be more and more dominated, and they will be dominated if they continue to do so. Well, speaking on that point, I wanted to talk um, about many points you brought up in your speech at the Secular Conference. 
Um, it's a great video. I'll have the link in the description of the YouTube channel. It was uploaded by a friend of mine called uh, Griffix. Uh, she has a really good YouTube channel. You guys should subscribe to it. Um, first thing I want to bring up, which is similar to what you were just talking about there, is you brought up that while you were in London, you went out with some other people who were at the conference, ex-Muslims and others, and you were wearing a sticker and somebody tore off the sticker. Could you expand on that that story? I thought it was very telling. And I also want to know, like, you, you seemed very upset about it. I want to know more deeply what made you upset. Yeah, because the moment I arrived in, in London, uh, it was actually the first time I'm out of a Muslim country. I felt free and I felt myself like I don't have to, to, to act in a certain way. I don't have to, to say these Islamic words or to be like everybody else. I just can I uh, can I stop you there for a second? I want to clarify because you said you were you were born in the U.S., right? Yes, I, I and we left. I was one year one year old. And from one year old to to the time you went to London this year, you hadn't uh, left uh, the Arab world. Yes. Okay. So so at that moment, I was completely free and completely myself. And. Being in the secular conference, we're having all those ex-Muslims and atheists. I felt like I have, I have a true family now. Like I can count on these people to, to be more free. So there was a sticker from the ex-Muslims of North America, and it said "Awesome without Allah." And I had that sticker, and the moment I went back for a smoke outside, like I actually had a sticker that says "Awesome without Allah." in a street and I could wear that and not be killed. Never happened in Jordan? <laughs> you can't do that anywhere. <laughs> so so to have that, I don't know if you get how emotional it can be, but it was very emotional for me. Like I can do this and I will not get harmed or anything. I I don't people will not actually care what my sticker says. So when we went to dinner, there was an ex-Muslim girl and being an ex-Muslim, she she must have felt like how 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 I would feel. Anyway, we were in this Turkish place, and she said uh, she took it off, like without even asking or saying anything. She just grabbed me and took it off. So I just was in shock, and I told her, "Why are you doing this?" She said, "Because there are Muslims in this place, and we could we could get in trouble for this." Like I had when I was in the plane, I was I had this mindset that I have like four or five days to be in a completely free country, and then it was just collapsing. Like okay, the, there is no free country anymore, and there is no freedom in in the whole planet anymore. If if this thing can happen, if people can can be afraid of having a sticker because they will get into trouble or they, somebody will harm them. In in a in in a first world country and in the free world as I thought, so this is what what sparked me to to tell people what I did in the in the conference, that they are losing and they're losing something very precious that they don't feel it it is precious anymore, they just feel it's, it's simple that they they actually have it. You don't have it. If you're if you get afraid that you will get into trouble. For having a sticker, you do, you have no freedom. You have the freedom to offend people. Just 
you, you don't have to be nice all the time and you have to, to apologize for the things that you did not do all the time. So th this was very upsetting for me and I didn't comment to the girl. I don't know why. So I kind of commented on, <laughs> on the speech. Your speech in London was expressed a lot of frustration towards like the speakers there. Yeah. More than half of it was talking about not Islam or Muslims at large, but the speakers there, right? Like your frustration with how they were talking. Yeah, because there was this woman, she said that uh, actually uh, apostasy is not punished by death in Islam. She She's a Muslim and she's trying, she's one of those reformers. So I got so pissed because it was, uh, I heard, I, I read it in, a, in an article, it was the, the largest gathering of people who are sentenced to death. And just to look at her, it, 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 I can't, like, make you feel what I feel regarding that because it was very huge for me to be in a room where I can be myself. And to have that talk right there, it was extremely insulting like to the, to the idea that I had that, like I had the idea that okay I have like four or five days to be free and then to hear that back again like I felt like in Jordan at, at that moment and uh, there was other speakers who were just like, like even the Council of Ex-Muslims in Britain they have the same idea that it's the problem is the Islamists and that not the Muslims themselves or the Islam itself so if if the host believes in that, what's the hope for the others? Do do, do you think that that's a, a big problem about these uh, gatherings? It's a problem that we cannot agree on one thing. As as free thinkers, we can't agree on a certain approach, and we have no figurehead who can like organize everything. We are just different people trying to live our lives. And trying to make a change by the way that we think is the right thing. So we, if we can't agree on on a certain point, I don't know how can we all work together as a single unit. What do you think in general from what you see, maybe that experience added with what you see on the news or online, about the Western image towards Islam, especially from a certain section of the left that... The hijab is female empowerment. Sharia is actually, you know, give people rights. And Muhammad was the first feminist. And Islam is not at fault of any of this. It's just a strand of Islam. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad is the first feminist. Oh I didn't make that up. A lot of Muslim feminists are saying this. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, there's even some Westerners who are even defending female genital mutilation of all things. But you have... Even, you know, people defending the religion on so many levels and non-Muslims as well. So many people on the left uh, seeing it as, no, it's actually a progressive ideology. There's just a fundamentalist strain of it. How do you see those people and why do you think that's happening or how do you think that could be solved? You know, what could you say to these people to convince them otherwise? Maybe you yeah, can't. They are actually surrendering. And they are trying to appease to these people who will not appease to them if it goes the other way. 
when when the the British Prime Minister went to, with Hitler and he talked and he just came back and he told people that okay there there will be peace in our time. He was just trying to to buy more time, but it was in, in very, uh, How do you say that? It was uh, uh, you could see it happen. If someone is claiming to have Austria and then to have a part of Czechoslovakia and then to have a little part of Poland, if you keep giving those people what they ask for, one day you'll say no, and when when you say no, you'll have World War Two. This is what is actually happening. This is what I'm most afraid of regarding the West. Every, every country is trying to give people, to, to give Muslims more and more rights that they don't even deserve. Like they can have their own special courts that they can abuse women in. And you can have faith schools that you get, that are funded by Saudi Arabia to bring in more Wahhabism into London and into other countries. So if you if you agree to that and you give those people and say, There's, ah, come on, it's simply nothing. People will claim for more things in the future. And you'll reach a point where the government or the, 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 the people in the UK or in France or anything else, they will just say, okay, no, you can't have that. You can't have like a... Like a, a a little Sharia street or or a place there or Sharia patrols or whatever. Once they say that, uh, you'll get attacked by the Muslim minority in that country. And if you say that, okay, we're gonna take away the Sharia court or let's take away faith schools as well, people will feel that it is their own right that has been taken away. They didn't have that right. You gave it to them. And now you're taking it away. What will their reaction be? They will be feeling that the whole Muslims in, in the UK are being oppressed. And once you feel oppressed, you will try to, to lift off that oppression. So this, this is when the real terrorism will start. This is not the actual terrorism that we're witnessing. We have a bomber and what? every day or like uh, every week, we will have bombers and suicide bombers and we'll have terrorist attacks every single day and multiple times in multiple cities when we reach that point. I don't see a bright future for Europe or for the West if we continue to do so, if we continue to appease to the, to the fascist idea. You can't reason with unreason and you can't reason with fascism. You'll have to destroy fascism. You don't have to kill them. They will actually kill themselves. And they will actually kill the other sects. And, uh, and Muslims will, will actually fight each other other than fighting Europe. But you have to, fa to fight the, 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 the idea itself. Like if you fight ISIS and you just completely wipe them off the map. What about the years that ISIS had taught children in Syria and in Iraq about their own ideas and about jihad and everything. When those children grow up, what will they be? Scientists? They will not. They will be just a larger and a more bigger ISIS. So if, unless we fight the idea itself and unless we fight fascism itself and we don't dance around meanings 
we really have a very bad future ahead of us. Do you not worry about doing this, about uh, expanding your voice too much, being in, in Jordan? No, I believe that if you there's a certain point where you don't have to worry. Like, you, you have to take some precautions, but sometimes you, you just have to not do that. Because it, I, I'm not a philosopher, and I'm not a scientist, and I'm not this big-ass atheist, but I believe that if Lucretius and Democritus and uh, Newton and everybody just decided to just keep quiet and not change the society and not speak their own mind, we will not reach the point that we have reached now. We will not be talking on Skype and we will not be discussing anything. We, I will be praying now and you'll be praying in Chile. So if these guys did not risk their own lives uh, for us to reach this point, it will be very selfish of me and of anybody else to just say, okay, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to just stay quiet. Those guys gave their, their own lives for us. We should give our own lives for the generations to come in hope of a brighter future. Well, but I don't want you to keep your own life, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I told you, you have to worry sometimes and you have to take some precautions. Right. But, but at certain points, you have to speak your mind. I don't like, uh, I, I had a gift from Charlie Hebdo, the, the newspaper. Uh, they gave me a t-shirt that says, freedom is my religion. And uh, it had a cartoon of Muhammad on the back. Jesus, I have you ever in used London. Did you wear it in Jordan? Of course not. This is the precaution I'm talking about. <laughs> but you wore it in London. Yeah, I did. Isn't that already kind of troublesome to do that? Yeah, I got some looks. Uh huh. I, I, I got some looks. Maybe be, maybe they put the the Muhammad cartoon on the back for a certain uh, goal they have. If they put Muhammad Muhammad's cartoon on the front, you have you'll actually have to turn and run. <laughs> if you have the cartoon, you'll just hear the sound of the gun and you'll just boo, go and zigzag. Do you think uh, even London is, is becoming complex? It's a place to, to, to do things like that? I think so, yes. And I heard that they have in Birmingham, they have this huge Islamic community there. And uh, I, I watched on YouTube the Sharia police. And I watched the guy being jailed for having a bacon sandwich in in, a, in the mosque store. Uh, yeah, it is getting a bit troublesome. And actually, they have posts online, and people here, preachers, they talk about this. That uh, if we keep immigrating to the to Europe, that I don't know if it's uh, Holland or Belgium. They will become an Islamic state in 2025 or 2030. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, Islam will be the majority. So they don't say that Islam will be the majority. They say it will become an Islamic state. You see where they go? They, they, not, they don't look to be the majority. They look to change the, even the country itself and to be an Islamic state and to have it. It's like a jihad, but you just have to live your life through it. You just get married and have like 10 kids. So you'll have 10 new Muslims. There's a saying in Jordan that if we, if people get to vote, 
to, for Jordan to be an Islamic state or uh, to have Sharia, uh, what will people vote on? They said that if we are a secular country, everybody will be voting for Sharia. But everybody then will just move into the secular state. <laughs> <laughs> move to a Western or Arab, secular Arab state? Yeah, they, because the heart will still vote for Sharia. And then when you see Sharia for, for the horrible that it is, you'll just go and live in a secular state. They run away from the Islamic countries into Europe. And now they want to change Europe into the Islamic states they ran away from. It seems that a lot of people in the West uh, claim that a solution to global terrorism is to take the religion and force feed liberal values into it. To take certain verses like beat your wife is actually buy her a Gucci bag or <laughs> or cut off the hands of the, the thief means help him get a job or something. Right. You could just change these words. Uh, do you think that as a person who was in that mentality uh, at some point, do you think that this coming from the West towards the Middle East, because that's what ha would have to happen, uh, this this kind of reinterpretation would have to be adopted by one mainly Arab nations, because that's where mainly the, the conflict is coming from, two mainly, mainly by Sunnis who are committing most of the terrorism, it's the majority of, of Muslims in, in the world. So do, do you see that as, as possible? Well, this comes from people who just say that Islam has nothing to do with terrorism. And now they want to change the meanings of words in the same book that they say that it has nothing to do with the fighting or the terrorism itself. You see where the logic is? You see how, how manipulative these people can be? These are the same people who say that Islam is not the problem. These are the people who are trying now to, to change Islam to be more peaceful. Aren't they the same people who say that it is a peaceful religion and now they're trying to change it? Why would you change it if it's so peaceful? And if you even capable of changing it and you can't because it says that it is the unalterable, unchangeable word of God. If, even if you can, you still have those phrases in the book itself that say that you'll have to take this word as it means and do as God wishes you to do. So how can you change that mentality? How can you change the mentality of someone who, who just believe that this book, I can read this book and just live my life with it? I don't have to read your own interpretation. I don't have a, to read an interpretation from 2017. I have this book from from 600 B, uh, after uh, AD that, that says this and that, and this is the only thing I have to know. I don't have to know anything else. What would you answer that? How can you fix that? You don't, you, you, you can't. And even if you do, you'll, you still have the, the same with, with all other religions. You'll have people coming back into the faith now that it is so peaceful, but still they are closing up their minds and thinking that they know they already know whatever they should know in their own lifetime. And this is the very harmful idea itself, even if it doesn't include terrorism. So I've noticed a general mentality among either 
famous atheists or even atheists of the Western community of atheists who seem to have changed their attitude while they were disputing the validity and the veracity of Christianity for 15 years between the 90s and the early 2000s. They thought that a, a best counter to Christianity was to promote science and truth and philosophical argument just for atheism. There wasn't really talk of promoting ref, uh, Christian reformers or a liberal version of Christianity. However, I, I'm, perhaps it's a sense of being overwhelmed by a subject that's too big, too foreign, and in a language they don't understand from a culture they don't understand. And they seem to have compromised to saying, well, atheism and science and truth flatly out promoted into Arabs and, and Sunni Muslims and whatever, they're not going to accept this. We need to compromise to maybe soft Islam, Islam light. Because they try to, to pick the easy way. Like they see that Islam, uh, that like Christians, they, they, are, they have weak faith. Like we can talk to them like for, for an hour and they will start doubting their religion. But they see Muslims as very strict and very strong on their faith. And their faith is a big part of their lives. So they feel that it is very hard for them to convince Muslims of the bullshit they believe in. So they try to pick the easy way, like, okay, let's change it a little bit. And then it will be like a bit peaceful and then let them go on and have their prayer and have their their utahiyas or whatever. So uh, th this is what I believe that pe those people are trying to do, just to, to pick on the easy way to make it less harmful. But still, the idea is itself is harmful, as we believe in all, in all religions. Even if Islam becomes more like Christianity, they both are poisonous to people, even if they don't have terrorism within them. Yeah, there's still their intolerance, if, there's if, still the homophobia, if, there's still the sexism. Even with condoms, even with condoms and abortion and the, the, the things that they share in common with Christianity and other faiths, still a very serious issue. And the, uh, the, the most threatening part is that you know you already know what you know. Like you don't have to, to study anything. You don't have to, to know anything. This, what, what do you think will happen if we have no faith whatsoever on the planet? Like those intellectual powers that we have as humans, what change can we make to this planet if we don't actually believe in any of this bullshit? They will ha we will have much more development, much more technology, much more healthcare, and we can have all of that. And all of this is blocked by the the dogmatic beliefs or the these fairy tales that they control people's minds. This is a very serious issue, and we have to fight that as well. Why do we have to sell that out just to, to make Muslims more peaceful? I don't believe in that. Fight it all the way, or don't fight it. I, I, I agree. And also, I don't think in the history of mankind, no idea, no bad idea has been defeated through compromise. Right. The, no, nobody I think I've said this before, but I don't think anybody 
would agree to suggest the best way to fight against the belief in creationism in the United States is not to push just science and evolution and to teach people evolution. Nobody would suggest the best way to combat that is teaching moderate creationism, right? A softer version of creationism. No, people agree. No, just teach science and truth until everyone gets it. They still don't get it. You know, something close to half of America still believes in creationism. They're not even there yet on a, such a basic scientific issue of absolute truth. But that's the only way to 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 get it across. It's it's not going to it's not even going to be solved uh, to 100% degree in the next few generations. But I don't think they should compromise on on just teaching uh moderate creationism or a softer version of of creationism. Why the, the this this bigotry of low expectations to promote Islam light, you know, moderate lies, moderate mythology. It's 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 I do feel like it's a, it's a, it is a form of bigotry to look that at Arabs and Muslims. Uh, they can't really handle truth. They can't really handle science. So uh, let's just offer them sexism light, homophobia light. Uh, no, thanks. You know, the, the, the Quran, there's no way to interpret the uh, verses of the Quran the, the violence away, the misogyny away, it, it's so ingrained, it's so explicit, it's so obvious, you're not going to get rid of it completely ever. Some If you t if you show it to a, a child and it says, you know, beat your wife, it says the infidels burn in hell, it says, you know, cut, cut people at this place and for that reason, as many interpretations as you give, you're still giving that book and saying it's infallible by God to a child. That's still going to result in in a bad outcome for some people. You have the right to 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 believe in whatever bullshit you want, but <clears throat> once it gets into kids, you don't get to have the right to 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 brainwash them into that, and you get don't have the right to push the state into that. This is the the main two points that we have to to agree to fight on, not to have the same lies being flipped around into more moderate lies as you just said i completely agree with you like a few years ago i believe that okay maybe if we can reform it we will have much more allies with us because we will have the secular muslims moving in with us and we will we can have something legal in jordan then i believe that okay no i uh, i would rather have a serious change in 150 years than to have a little bit of change based on lies in the next 50 years. So no, I will work for the 100 years and I will work for the next 200 years rather than to have something in my own lifetime. No, let's work all the way. Let's just keep working on what we believe in. Even if it doesn't happen in our own lifetime, let's not have that reform. Let's have it all the way. I totally agree. So you're saying you you rather you rather see atheism and truth and science in a country in 200 years be accepted by the majority than see a reformed Islamic state in 100 years. Yes. Do you think that it's enough the the current status of the pushback against Islam whether it's the West or in the Middle East? Uh, I want to mention a part of your speech where you talked about that Islam is powerful. And I think that's what you said there is counterintuitive to a lot of people in the West who think Islam is weak 
Muslims are weak. Muslim countries are weak and poor and they have no influence. Uh, I, You're not the first person to tell me that's a misconception. Uh, Muslims who are from the Middle East or have lived there, ex-Muslims, and say that that's, a, that's very wrong. And you, as you said there, yeah. Muslims have oil, they have the countries, they have uh, power, they have political influence. Um, do, do you think there is now enough counter to that or could there be enough counter to push back on it? Well, it could, but we will have to, to act all as a single unit as free thinkers and humanists. If we, if we act as, as a single group, we could have more people waking up in the Middle East, but will the West push back against what's happening in their own countries and in their own laws? This is what I'm afraid of. So the weakest part in our movement, as I see, is coming from the West, not coming from the Middle East itself, because people, I have been hearing about lots and lots of youth becoming ex-Muslims in, in Arab countries. So I see uh, that the pushback is doing okay in the Middle East, but not, not that much in the West. What we should do is focus on, on getting those Arab voices out and getting those Arab voices to be heard and to have people to, believing that like we are, let's, let's say, the, the new gays or whatever. So to reach a point where where people actually care. And to help with that, I'm very happy to, to announce that soon, like in, in a few weeks or months, we will have a countdown for the first International Atheist Day and it will be in every city and in every country in the world. Uh, that countdown, uh, I, th I believe it will be like in six months, uh, have the date in, in the next six months or one year, five years. I, I, we really didn't agree on that. But that day, we will have every atheist who will agree to, to coming up we will have like an uh, an out of the closet atheists just joining up in every street and in every country. Why? Because I promise you that I will have ex-Muslims and atheists from Arab countries and from Arab cities coming up as well. How we will have this little symbol that shows that they are atheists and they will walk the streets without them being prosecuted because they will not be shouting anything. They will not have signs. They will just have a simple symbol on them. But people from the West should have those signs and should have their voices up for their own brothers and sisters in the, the Middle East. On that day, if we get into trouble, we have to agree that at a certain point, we have to get into trouble to be heard. Anyway, if we get into trouble, there will not be a little story in an article that says, okay, one guy, he's an atheist, he got killed in Bangladesh or in uh, Saudi Arabia or in Jordan. We will have the story 
that six or seven or eight or let's say 12 countries in the world on a certain day jailed those people for what they are. And I believe that on that moment, if the whole world will focus on one day about the dangers that we live in and the fight that we have to fight and the courage of those people who, who stood and said that I will walk the street as an atheist, even with a simple symbol on me, we will have that, that push or that momentum that we are here and we are here to stay. This is, will actually help in, in getting our voices up and will, will actually help in getting those Arab atheists to speak up uh, later on because we will have Western support for the rights of apostates not to be put to death for their own ideas. I think that's a wonderful idea. I, I worry a little bit about the, the outcome of the what might happen to a lot of these people, but I think it's the it has to be a, a first kind of step towards uh, outing a lot of people and showing their number is significant, which people don't believe they are. I've said many times that you constantly hear there are 1.6 billion Muslims, but I say yes, minus all the ones who are afraid to come out and say it. Yes. So th and that number is yet to be known or even yet to be seen as how large that number is. But I have a feeling it's much larger than people uh, tend to believe. Yeah, we, we will not get every atheist to get into the streets, especially in Islamic countries. But it will very much be helpful when when they can't shout on the streets, but they are a part of the movement. When 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 they feel that they're not alone, like okay, I'm a part of something that is happening in New York. I'm a part of something that is happening today in Paris. I'm a part of all these guys, and we have the same goals, and we will have the same ideas. They once they feel that they will feel what I felt when I was at the conference, that I have a much bigger family. And once they get that, we will actually have much more movement inside the Middle East. Because what I hear a lot in Jordan from the, athe the atheists in Jordan, that people don't care about us. What, what will we ever change? The, the only thing that we can change is just to walk in the street and speak up and we get killed. Why would I do that if people won't even care? Once they feel that they are just a step into the future of humanity and the future of freedom, they will understand the importance of their existence and the importance of them speaking their own mind. Ironically, pray that happens. Um, <laughs> uh, if any, in any way I can help you achieve that goal or help out, please let me know. Is there any message you would like to express to the Western world, people who are maybe less familiar with Islam and, and the Middle East? Uh, well, I would like them to be, uh, for those who, who, who just care too much about the sensitive feelings of people's faith, I would like them to, to care more and more about other people's lives. Because I believe that matters much more than hurting a sensitive 
religion that is not even sensitive. So I would like them to, to be more and more sensitive about the lives of ex-Muslims who are getting put to death because of the peaceful, sensitive religions that they are trying to protect and they're trying to have laws that would criminalize even the simple criticism of that religion. Like them to, to just wake up and just if they if they really just looking for something to support, I would like them to support people being alive for and not be, be putting to but put to death or because of leaving their own faith. I believe that is much more important than selling the term of Islamophobia and selling their own rights and selling their own the foundation of their own countries. Mohammed Al-Qadra, thank you so much for being on. I'll have a link for his social media that he wants in the description. And thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for, for giving us here in Jordan a voice to be heard. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm.